welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast on a Sensational Sunday. I'm Harold Herring, and that's my fine wife, Beth. Today's call, we're going to talk about what the devil wants you to have. <laughs> yeah, the dirty D's, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're going to continue from yesterday. But you know, honey, some years ago, I was speaking at a civic meeting in Jamestown, North Dakota. I remember two things about that meeting. First, it was the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. If memory serves me correctly, it was 18 degrees below zero with a 30-mile-an-hour wind, making the wind chill nearly 50 below. Second, the chaplain of this particular organization, in his rather colorful prayer, called the devil a dirty, rotten scoundrel full of tricks, called him that, among other things. The enemy of our destiny, destiny is more than a scoundrel, and he does have some dirty tricks, which we began discussing with the seven dirty deeds of the devil yesterday. Before continuing, let's do a brief review of the first three dirty deeds. Number one, deception. <clears throat> you know, the real tragedy is that most folks who are being deceived are not realizing they're being deceived at the moment. Sometimes, maybe. Jeremiah 9.6, 9.6, New International Version says, you live in the midst of deception and their, their deceit, they refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. The best way to avoid deception is to stay in the word, though that alone is not enough. I know some mighty men and women of God filled with the Holy Spirit who have fallen into sin through deception of the enemy. Stress on the job, overwork, family struggles, spouse or children, finance, financial or money problems. They open doors for a sneaky, deceptive attack of the enemy. So be wise to his cunning wiles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number two, distractions. Distractions. That's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants to distract us what we should be doing. Mark 419, 419, classic amplified Bible. Then the cares and anxieties of the world, and distractions of the age, and the pleasures and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches, and the craving and passionate desire for other things, crept in and choke and suffocate the word, and it became fruitless. What becomes fruitless? God's word working within us. Our desire, our lust for things, will choke and suffocate the Word. We need to pay attention to the Scripture when it says that the Word will become fruitless. God has made amazing promises to us in His Word. When we let fleshly desires for other things and people take precedence over Him, then we're going to live an unfulfilled and disappointing life and be no better off than those who have no God. It doesn't matter how many sermons you've heard or how many seminars you've attended or how much Christian TV you've watched or listened to on the Internet. Misplaced spiritual priorities that permit 
personal and financial stress to take root in your life. Well, take you down every time. Every time. Number three, delays. <clears throat> Excuse me, Daniel 10, 12. Daniel 10, verse 12, Classic Amplified says, Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and have come as a consequence <clears throat> of and in response to your words. Many things we can get out of this. Let me list them. One, fear not. <clears throat> Two, from the first day, how God heard us the first day. Third, purpose in your mind. Number four, purpose in your heart. Fifth, humble yourself and receive what God has for you, the rewards. And sixth, your words are heard. And seventh, I have come, God says, as a consequence. <clears throat> or he sent his angel. The last part of Daniel 10:12, Classic Amplified says, I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. That tells you our words have consequences. We decide whether they are good or evil. Proverbs 18:20, 18:20 in the Good News Translation says you will live have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Wow. <clears throat> wow and more wow. So let's pick up where we left off yesterday. Number 4 disappointment. Have you ever done something significant for someone who failed to acknowledge what you've done or even show their appreciation? Genesis 40, 14, 40, 14. But think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness. I pray thee unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. Genesis 40.23, 40.23, Classic Amplified. But even after all that, the chief butler gave no thought to Joseph, but forgot all about him. Mm. Joseph's interpretation of the dreams of the butler and the baker blessed him at the moment. It brought comfort, even though it was temporary for the baker. However, the butler had given his word to remember Joseph, but he forgot. No doubt, Joseph must have been disappointed. But there's no scripture reference to where he mumbled or murmured or complained. He just remained faithful to his source. Wow. Obviously, <laughs> the enemy was hoping for a far different reaction to Joseph's disappointment. If you've ever been disappointed, follow the actions of Joseph and never allow the enemy to get your goat, as the saying goes. I'm sure we've all been disappointed by a friend, relative, or close family member over the choices, over the choices, hallelujah, <clears throat> that they have made. Yeah, and didn't work out well for us, so to no, speak. No, it didn't. The enemy likes to maximize the disappointment and heartache that sometimes, well, it accompanies disappointment. But do not give him the satisfaction. Release your disappointment through God's word. Seven verses will help you overcome disappointment when the enemy tries to use it as a weapon against you. First, the Lord will save you from disappointment. Psalm 34, 18, 34, 18, easy to read version. The Lord is close to those who have suffered disappointment. He saves those who are discouraged. Mm, that's lovely. 
Second, God will turn your disappointment into hope. Psalm 119, verse 116. 119, 116. God's Word translation. Help me, God, as you've promised, so that I may live. Do not turn my hope into disappointment. Third, disappointment when properly faced will strengthen your character, faith, confidence, and patience. Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. Romans 5, verses 3 and 4 in the classic Amplified says, Moreover, <clears throat> let us also be full of joy now. Notice it says now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving endurance. And endurance, or fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Fourth, disappointments won't last, but God's blessings, listen to this, they last forever and ever. Amen. Second Corinthians 4, 16 and 17 in the Living Bible say, <clears throat> that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our inner strength in the Lord is growing every day. These troubles and sufferings of ours are, after all, quite small and won't last very long. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessings upon us forever and ever. And fifth, every disappointment will be used to fulfill God's destined, divine purpose, really, and destiny for your life. Romans 8.28, classic amplified. I know you've heard it, but take it in. Romans 8.28 says, We are assured and know that God, being a partner in our labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to us, I'm adding us in there, to those and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. Sixth, dealing with disappointment is a matter of mental preparation. 1 Peter 1.13, 1 Peter 1.13 in the New International Version says, Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Wow. And seventh, forget the disappointment of the past as God wants to do a new thing in your life. Hallelujah. Remember, the past is past. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, 18, 19, classic amplified. <clears throat> Do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I always like that scripture. I, I want to say something added in really quick, babe. Okay. And that is one of the ways that, of getting over disappointment that's helped me is that I don't want to give a devil, you know, the enjoyment of thinking that, like you said earlier, he can get my goat. That's it. Number five, discouragement. While some believers will not experience or accept disappointment, they will from time to time be subject to, to discouragement. Discouragement is a temporary feeling that occurs when somebody is not doing what they promised they would do or things are not going the way you thought they would or ought to go. The word temporary, that's the word, it's temporary. 
and even though you may know it's temporary, the discouragement, if not properly dealt with, can lead to depression and other bad D words. Sometimes the enemy will try to make you think discouragement is a sin. It's not. But here are seven ways to overcome discouragement. First, get your attitude right. Philippians 2.5, New Living Translation. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Ephesians 4.23, 4.23, classic amplified. And being constantly renewed, hallelujah, in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. When you get his attitude, then you'll have the right attitude about everything and everybody. Wow. And guess what? We didn't even finish today. <laughs> we just getting so fired up. I know. Morning. What can I say? But All we right. will finish tomorrow, I believe. All right. Now, we want to encourage you to join us tonight at 6 p.m. Yes. Eastern for Rich Thoughts TV. It'll make you shout. Mm. May even make you jump up and down and run around the oh. room. That's that a good. blessing. I know. Do join 6 p.m. Eastern, Rich Thoughts Live. At Brother Harold. Check it out. You'll be blessed. So until tonight at 6 and every morning at 8.30, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.